Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. The Grinch did not steal Christmas. Here's the millennial with the mic. They want you to say Grace. Grace Curley. You know, Fox is showing a picture of the doxing truck at Harvard. And we had Adam Gallet on last week. And I asked him if he thought any of these presidents of these universities who had such terrible performances at uh, the congressional hearing last week uh, up against Elise Stefanik, if any of them were going to resign. And I believe, Jared, he said no. But I'm sure Adam Gallette is very happy right now that it looks like if there's enough pressure mounted, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, may step down. I stand firmly on the side of I do not think she will. I I think she's going to ride this out. I think she's going to be okay. Uh, But Liz McGill, president of University of Pennsylvania, resigned on Saturday. As a lot of people have pointed out, she does have tenure at the at the university. So she will be she will be just fine. Joining us now, another Philly girl. Emma Foley joins the show, and we're going to take some calls here. The reason I have Emma on is because Dr. Fauci, we should probably replay the comment, Jared, for people just tuning in. Dr. Fauci made some comments about why he doesn't go to church. And so immediately I said to Emma, do you want to come on the show? Because you majored in theology at Boston College. That's correct. So I thought you could give us some wisdom here. Now let's play Fauci first, then we'll go to Emma, and then we'll answer some calls with you in the studio and you can respond. This is cut one. There's the Aldrin Chapel where Chris and I were That's where you were married, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Do you still go there? Do you no. Still, you don't practice no, anymore, do you? No, no. Why? Ah, uh, a number of complicated reasons. Go on, we have a whole corridor. <laughs> I, uh, first of all, I, I think my own personal ethics on life are, I think, enough to keep me going on the right path and i think that the, there are enough negative aspects about the organizational church mm-hmm. uh, that you're very well aware of I, i'm not against it i identify myself as a catholic i was raised i was baptized that was confirmed i was married in the church my children were baptized in the church but as far as practicing it it seems almost like a pro forma thing that i don't really need to do all right, now, Emma, you never hold back your opinions on anything. Um, I'm sure you have some thoughts on what he just said. Express them to us. So he was talking about his personal ethics and how they guide him. And that's this concept that is actually a Catholic concept, and it's called your conscience. And I found that Democrats and liberals and leftists use the term conscience when it's convenient. But when it's inconvenient for them, when your conscience says, oh, I don't want to get a vaccine or my conscience says that x y or z is wrong liberals can come out and say well actually like you're being insensitive you're being non-inclusive and they only use that term when it's convenient and so when i when i popped back uh, out into the green room i said to you oh did you hear dr fauci's comments and you said yeah that doesn't surprise me that's the mentality of a lot of people who don't go to church or who don't practice i didn't realize that you think that this is uh, actually pretty common with people that they think their own moral compass is enough 
Yes. So former Catholics, quote unquote, former Catholics. Now, if you're baptized Catholic, you're always Catholic. You always have that mark of the church. But the if you actually grouped former Catholics as a religion, they would be the largest religion in America right now, which is very sad. And I think a, a lot of the reason for that is because they say I'm Catholic, but I'm Catholic, but I don't really vibe with the pro-life thing. I'm Catholic, but gay marriage is fine. I'm Catholic, but so on and so forth. So yes, they are still Catholics. Like that is their religion. They were baptized into the church. They were initiated, but they are no longer practicing. Interesting. Okay. I want to go to some of the calls here. We could have you respond, Emma. Um, Let's go to Faith. You're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Faith. Hi. So um, is such a good Catholic with such great ethics that he doesn't have to go to church, practice the faith. Faith, what Faith, hold on, hold on, Faith. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on hold there, Faith. We're gonna, we're gonna pick up the call again. Let's see if Mark can figure this out. Just the quality of that call wasn't great, but I want to hear what you have to say. Let's go to Todd in the meantime, and then we'll go back to Faith. Todd, you're next up with Emma Foley. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Grace, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, by all means, Fauci is wrong. However, I see how he got to that point, whereas in any particular religion, what have you, people bow before power. And during the pandemic, it came down to the government said one thing and the churches bowed. And we didn't push back when they told us to close for a year and a half. And so if I'm Fauci, I'm looking at it going, huh, I told the Church of Jesus Christ what to do and they listened to me. I don't need you anymore. You need me. Interesting POV. Emma, you're nodding your head. Do you agree with Todd's uh, Todd's comment? Yes. Uh, Dr. Fauci's biggest issue, I think it's very obvious, is pride. That's what's causing this rift between him and going to church on Sundays or practicing his religion. Um, pride is, I, we all have it. It's it's also the devil's sin. That's why Satan fell from God if, if you practice Catholicism. Um, he believed that he didn't need God and that his own moral compass would get him to where he needed to be. Yeah, and you know what I I find, and I'm not here to criticize Dr. Fauci because if you look back, Jared, I am. I am. <laughs> if, you, if you look back on all my podcasts that we've posted before, I've always spoken uh, with very, very kind words towards Dr. Fauci. But I will say this: hearing him lecture people about ethics when he's been on record explaining how he has lied to us before because he gave us information he gave us the truth that he thought we could handle which a lot of people would describe as a noble lie you tell a lie to the masses because you think it's what's best for them but he hasn't been honest with us and there's been plenty of times where we've seen that both with um with vaccine with the immunity and how many people he thought we had to get like herd immunity he said oh the number's here oh actually it's here but i told you it was here because i knew that people weren't going to be patient with me he's lied i don't care what your intention is emma it's still a lie right and he has said in the past i am the science and in so many ways science has replaced religion in our society he might as well be saying especially now with this recent comment i am religion bow down to me and whatever I say. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Mike. You're up next with Emma Foley on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Grace. Hey, I just want to comment. Um, his, in one comment, he's talking about having ethics and whatnot. And, and another comment, he's talking, he's like talking about the negative in the church. The, the, we're, we're all imperfect people by design. That's the problem. The, the church is for fellowship. And he, he's saying about performance. We're not performing on Sunday. We're having a relationship with God. However we have it, it's not about performing and having to put on a big show. It's about a relationship 
and about fellowship every Sunday. That's really what it comes down to. And like you said, by design, we are imperfect people. Mike, I really appreciate that call because as I sit here and I really think about it, I don't care if Fauci goes to church. I don't care if he thinks his moral compass is great. My The, the issue I take with that statement is it feels to me that by saying, well, my moral ethical code or however you want to put it is fine. I don't need to go to church. What you're really insinuating there is that that's why other people go or, or that, you know, it's performative for those people to go. And that's why I'm not going. And so I do think that whether he meant to or not, it's a dig at people who go to church. It's a dig at religion just people. And, and Emma, I'd love for you to tell me if I'm right on that or, or not. I think it is. I think that he, he, in a way, is trying to create some performative humility and say, oh, the people who go to church, they're on this pedestal. They put themselves on this pedestal of I'm so holy, when in reality, the people who go to church go because they, they realize that they need to spend at least an hour there every week to give back to the God that they believe is creator and redeemer. Um, And the other thing that he says in that quote is about how the organizational issues, yes, of course, it's it's imperfect. It has lots of organizational issues throughout its 2,000-year tenure. But he says it as if the NIH and the WHO and Pfizer and everything else do not have massive organizational issues. That's a good point. Uh, Let's go to Faith. You're last up on this issue, Faith. Let's see if the connection's better. Go ahead. Hi. So um, I'm a survivor of clerical abuse here in the Archdiocese of Boston. And when I any, when I hear anyone with Fauci's kind of attitude, um, it breaks my heart and it stings so deeply. I, I actually take it personally in a way. Um, now, I have stayed in the Catholic Church, and believe me, it has not been easy. Um, it's God is the reason I've stayed. It's not the people. It's the people who've made it difficult. Um, we I, I understand there are issues with the organizational part of it. But if he's so concerned about that, why not stay and fix it? Why identify yourself as a Catholic if you don't practice it and you think your own ethics are better? Fauci, he has his own religion. Um, you know, we, we go to Mass and practice the sacraments because we know we aren't God. We know that there is someone greater. And he, Fauci has chosen to abandon the Church, including people like me, and that's why I take it personally, um, because of his own pride and his own agenda. He's He's too good. He's too good for God. I get it when when victims leave, and I do hope and pray that they can come back and experience hope and um, peace and healing and freedom. Um, but again, Fauci is his own god. He's created his own religion. Um, he's even forced people like my hardworking husband to go against their conscience and receive a vaccine they might not have wanted. And he's a very poor reflection of what it uh, you know what it means to be a Catholic. But I think someone said a few minutes ago, it's pride, and I fully believe that. It's pride that has led people such as Fauci and even our president to believe that their ethics are somehow better. Um, But I also get really upset when people use the sex abuse scandal as their out. We know, uh, I think, a lot of people who have left with using that as an excuse, they wanted to leave anyway. And, they, you know, again, that was the the scapegoat. Faith, Um, thank you. Thank you for the call, Faith, and thank you for sharing what I'm sure is difficult to share. We really appreciate it. And something you just said, he's too good for God. I think that that sums it up pretty well. Emma, do you want to comment on Faith's call? 
Yes, I think there are there are a lot of people who dealt with similar things to you, Faith, that are struggling returning to the church. But that's not the reason that Fauci, Fauci does not return to the church. And he does believe he's too good for God. He believes that the, the government is his God and that he is some sort of presbyter in the government. Thank you, Emma. Thank you to all the calls. Um, I I didn't think we'd go into that as a full segment, but it was it was nice to hear everyone's two cents on it. When we come back, I want to talk about a couple different things. I want to talk about Liz Cheney. I want to talk about Sheila Jackson Lee, and I want to talk about maybe a little bit more about Hunter Biden. I don't think I'm done with him just yet. When we come back, we'll get back to your calls and talk a lot about all of those issues. Um, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. We're heading into Christmas. Before you know it, it will be the new year. And give yourself a gift. You know, you're, you're focused on everybody else. You're getting toys for everybody. You're getting, uh, you know, sweaters, candles. You're buying all this stuff. And you should really treat yourself because you deserve it. And when you feel good about yourself, everybody else benefits. And a great way to make yourself feel more confident is to have a smile that you're proud of. The best person to go to is Dr. Houghton. He is incredible. And not only that, but I know for people, it can be a little scary to get your teeth worked on. You want to go to someone gentle. You want to go to someone who's going to care about you, who's going to take it at your own pace. That's Dr. Houghton. You could not meet a nicer person. And I say that so genuinely. So take care of yourself. You deserve it. Call Perfect Smiles in Nashua, New Hampshire. You can check them out online at perfectsmiles.com. You can see the video testimonials of people who have had their smiles transformed, why they're so happy they did it, why they wish they did it sooner, and really how Dr. Houghton walked them through this process. So check them out at perfectsmiles.com. In person, they're located off Route 3. They've got plenty of parking. That's perfectsmiles.com, perfectsmiles.com. Change your smile, change your life. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is The Grace Curley Show. Four eight four texted in, Grace, where did the first two hours go? I don't know. Time flies. The Christmas music, the Fauci cuts, the Hunter Biden podcast with Moby. I mean, it's all a blur and we have more to get to still. So don't go anywhere. Uh, First, though, we're going to do the poll question here. Whether residential, commercial or land, J.J. Manning can get your property sold now. To learn more on how to get your property sold quickly and contingency free, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or you can go to jjmanning.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is do you think Claudine Gay will resign? No, I do not. So Liz McGill, president of UPenn, she resigned over the weekend on Saturday. And a lot of people keep saying one down, two to go, because there were three presidents at this congressional hearing last week. Um, But I don't think the other two will. I don't think Claudine Gay is going to resign. Um, She has the backing of a lot of people at Harvard. 500 people at Harvard signed on to a letter and supporting her. And I think as time goes on, this is how it always happens. As time goes on, the person who should be held accountable 
for whether it be, uh, you know, poor leadership, like in the case of Claudine Gay or anything else, that person becomes the victim and slowly then that person becomes the hero. And I actually have another example of that with Susanna Gibson, in case people haven't seen this from Politico. But before we get into all of it, I'm going to say no, Jared. Do you think she's going to leave? I do not. I don't. I mean, again, I don't think she's going to face any real pressure from anybody to leave. The only and why? Why would she leave? I mean, the only way she leaves, I think, is if the donors just keep pulling out. Like if if the hits just keep on coming as far as the donors go, and that's what was happening at UPenn. I mean, you had. Someone I, I had read, uh, someone who usually typically gives like a hundred million dollars. We're talking big money here. And I know these schools, they have tons of money. They're going to be fine. They're sitting on like billion dollar endowments. But eventually you you have people on the boards of these universities who do get concerned. Like, listen, we want to build a new gymnasium or we want to build a new theater. The money does matter to them. So unless there's a huge pushback from donors at Harvard, we've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen it. But I don't think we've seen it to the scale that it requires for her to step down. So I'm going to say as of right now, she's not going anywhere. Plus, I think you just have to brave the storm. And I'm not supporting her. But all I'm saying is things move so quickly that in like 48 hours, there will be a new headline. So she might just be waiting it out. 70% of the audience believes no, she will not. So I just saw Jonathan Turley on TV and it actually I had a piece here from the Hill by Jonathan Turley about Hunter's indictment but what he's on TV talking about right now is different and I wanted to read to you his tweet because we're not going to pull the sound as it's going but he was on TV talking about special counsel Jack Smith and I wanted to read this to you because I thought he broke it down pretty well he says Special counsel Jack Smith is now seeking to leapfrog the appellate court and ask for a ruling from the Supreme Court on Trump's immunity claims This is breaking today. You've probably already seen it uh, um, on TV. The only reason for this petition is to seek to guarantee a trial of Trump and possible conviction before the election. The matter is currently before the D.C. Circuit, which is viewed as a favorable court for Smith. However, Smith is trying to avoid any delay in the March trial date set to begin the day before Super Tuesday. The Supreme Court may not view a trial of Trump during the campaign to be as motivating or urgent as does Smith. This is a novel legal argument that the court would ordinarily prefer to hear the views from the appellate judges. So that's just an update on it. Jonathan Turley is really brilliant, and uh, I'm sure he'll have a piece out soon on it, but that's just his initial reaction to this news. In other words, Jack Smith, come on, guys, do we have to do the due process thing? Can't we just jump right to that? Come on. Due process is so lame when it comes to Republicans. Oh, what is this, the Magna Carta? Come on, people. Ugh, like innocent until proven guilty. It was written like 100 years ago. It's so passe, man. It's so not in vogue anymore, until it is again. Hey, speaking of things that are in vogue, did you see who's uh, pulling out all the stops for Joe Biden? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint, Jared. She's the serpent who guards the gates of hell. She's the serpent <laughs> who guards the gates of hell. I keep seeing her picture everywhere, and it's like Hillary Clinton. And saying, look at me. Listen to me. She's campaigning for Joe. She couldn't even campaign for herself. She couldn't campaign for herself. She couldn't get herself in her pantsuits and her Chardonnay to Wisconsin. But she's going to campaign for Joe Biden like there's no one under the age of 70 who can show up for this dude. 
That's, Jared, that's their mindset is Joe Biden is seen as old and the economy stinks and people are tired of him. So let's bring out the least likable woman on planet Earth to hit the campaign trail from him. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, things are going bad for Joe. Let's bring out Hillary Clinton. Great ideas, guys. The think tank keeps thinking. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. My favorite part about coming into the studio is that the conversations we have, Jared, I don't know how we get there. But for example, I just walked out to the green room and we started talking about the election in 2024. And, you know, there's a there's a big poll now out of Iowa. It shows that Trump tops 50 percent in this poll. DeSantis edges Haley for a very distant second. This is from the New York Post, but the actual poll is from uh, NBC News, Mediacom, Iowa poll, Des Moines Register. So it's this poll out and it just shows Trump is crushing his competition. And somehow we got from there in 2024 and we ended up before I walked back in here talking about cruise control and whether or not people use cruise control in their cars. Don't ask me to walk you through that process. There is no straight line. There isn't. There's not even a curved line. I come back in here and I'm like, what? What was I going to say? So many red strings from the center point on the on the board. I do think next time we have Bill Broussard on, though, we should bring that up. Like cruise control. Do you use it? Is it a good thing? I use it occasionally, once in a while. But Taylor's a big fan. You're not a fan. I'm not a big fan. No, I like to have the control. You don't like the cruise to have the control. You I know what? Not. That would be a good poll question someday. I've been noticing that our off-topic poll questions do pretty well like do you flip the, the bird to people cruise control does it signal the rise of the machine <laughs> yes or no just gonna put it out there for people 844-500-4242 okay so i've got a couple things i want to talk about jared i'm gonna hit these really quickly if anyone wants to call in you can and again if you want to comment on this poll out that shows former president donald trump has increased his already overwhelming lead over the rest of the republican field in iowa with 51 percent of likely caucus goers calling him their first choice you can call in this is from the new york post the poll like i said is from NBC News, Mediacom, Iowa Poll, Des Moines Register. So if you feel uh, that you have something to say, it says here Nikki Haley's uh, 16%, Ron DeSantis is 19%. Here's what's weird, though. And then there's other polls that show these hypothetical matchups of like Haley versus Biden, if she was the choice. They show her trouncing Biden. Now, my whole issue with that is, That's a really hard hypothetical, Jared, for me to wrap my head around, like Nikki Haley versus Biden, because we're never going to get to that point. We're never unless there is some major shift that occurs. We are not having Nikki Haley versus Joe Biden. But it did get me wondering when I was on GAN this morning with Matt Gagnon. He said, why do you think Nikki Haley would do so much better against Biden? And I don't know if she would, because here's my theory on it. Yes, Nikki Haley might appeal to, let's say, more independent people, maybe suburban women who tend to lean left, but they're sick of the world 
uh, with Joe Biden as president. But you'd have to see if that outweighed the fact that you lose a lot of MAGA conservatives that make up the party. Because I know for a fact, from listening to my callers here, there are a lot of people out there who would rather lose with Trump. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, inevitable, but they'd rather lose with someone like Trump that they like than win with a Nikki Haley. So you'd have to decide, like, yeah, we'd be we'd, we'd maybe appeal to people who are more in the middle, but we'd also risk losing people who are team Trump again. The situation's never going to happen. But this is this is what happens, Jared, when they keep giving me these polls in the Wall Street Journal. I'm forced to kind of go into this strange alternate universe. Uh, let's go to Aiden. You're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Aiden. Hi. Good afternoon, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm good. What's going on? Nothing. Hey, I really like that story Trump told Saturday night. The one about the big, tough general that has seen his own men die in battle, but how he told President Trump that the bravest thing he's ever seen is when Trump debated Hillary and he and he talked about locker room talk. Do you agree? Do you think that's one of the most bravest things you've ever seen? I didn't see that story. What is he saying is the bravest thing he's ever seen? That Trump... Oh, when he, when, when he says lots of really dumb crap, you seem to conveniently miss that, right? No, no, I'm actually asking. I didn't see it. Oh, Aiden, I'm getting the sense that yeah, you don't like me very much at, just from the way this call is going. At the, <laughs> at the Young Republicans Club, he said that, uh, you know, a big, tough general, uh, you know, one of those really macho, tough guys who has seen soldiers die on the battlefield, came up to President Trump and said, but the, the toughest, hardest thing I've ever seen is when you... Uh, or brave, I'm sorry, bravest thing I've ever seen is when you debated Hillary and defended locker room talk. Okay, so I, I would disagree with that statement. I don't think that's the bravest thing. And it's probably not the bravest thing he's ever seen. Why does Trump lie all the time? And even his <laughs> lies show what a piece of garbage he is. Okay. And I mean, this is part of his thing. He's going he's gonna to tell. Maybe the guy did tell him that. I don't know. But I, I'm confused. What, when you say lie all the time, like, is that what you're going with? That he gave a speech and he talked about this general giving him a compliment? It's not the first time. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's probably the bravest thing the general's ever seen. But is that what what other lies? I mean, to me, that lie is not really affecting my day to day. And it's definitely not going to affect how he does as president. It's just kind of his personality. He exaggerates. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because when you think soldiers are all losers and. Uh, oh, the, Atlant- the Atlantic, the Atlantic quote. Who said that, by the way? I don't think we ever tracked down those anonymous sources. Can I ask you a question, Aiden? You know that. that Wait, body- Aiden, Aiden, sir, can I ask you a question? Are you the only one who's allowed to ask questions? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you think Joe Biden lies a lot as well, or is it just Trump? Biden sucks, so we don't need to talk about him. Oh, okay. <laughs> So Biden sucks. We don't need to talk about him, but we need to talk about Trump. Well, you know, if you're going to have two presidents who lie and, you know, I I would really consider that I have no proof that the general didn't say it to Trump. But if you're going to have two presidents who lie, I'd rather the one who did a better job. Like, I just thought I just thought everything was running a lot smoother under Donald Trump. Would you agree or disagree? Take away the Atlantic article. I know that's probably still really burning a hole in your pocket, but take away the Atlantic article. 
Did you think things were going better under Trump or do you think they're going better now under Biden? Clearly, having a narcissistic autocrat would make everything all better. No, no, no. I'm not saying having. I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about the past. We had Donald Trump for four years, and I'm guessing that's who you're referring to. Did you think things were going better with Trump, or are they going better now with Biden? Um, if I listen to Newsmax and OAN... That's not what uh, I asked you. That's not, that's not what I asked you. I didn't ask you if. I didn't ask you hypothetical. I said, I would, what do you think, based off your own life, based off your own wallet, based off what you're seeing with your own eyes, not what you're seeing on OAN, not what you're seeing on Newsmax, do you think things are going better now, or are they going better with Donald Trump? I'm self-employed. They're going much better for me now, but I'm an anomaly, so that's not a fair question. Okay. Um, Thank you, Aiden. Thank you very much. I, I think we're... There's an opening at UPenn for you, Aiden. <laughs> I think we're good. I think we're good. I just, this whole thing of like, why does Donald Trump lie all the time? Is that what we're going with? Like, he told a story? We know that he brags about things. We know that's part of his shtick. Like, is it really... I would rather somebody who lies about a conversation they had where someone gave him the compliment than somebody who's destroying the country and getting us into all of these wars and can't put a sentence together. I would. Maybe I just have to choose between those two evils. I'm choosing Trump in that case. And, and what really ticks me off is when people call up and they're like, oh, you just conveniently forget when Trump says stupid things. No, I don't. When Trump says stupid things, typically... I'll talk about them. I've gotten a lot of grief. Here's the point I'm at in my life. I can't make anybody happy. Trump supporters hate me. They hate me. Because I'll occasionally say, maybe he doesn't need to go on Truth Social and say that. Maybe he doesn't need to attack this person or that person. Maybe this isn't really moving the ball forward. They hate me. And then you've got people like Aiden, who in his mind, I'm Trump's number one fan. I can't do right by anyone, Jared. And I the... Why does he always lie <laughs> argument? If, if you want to come at that with that argument, that's fine. But don't back it up by... With the Atlantic article? A lie from the Atlantic, which has been debunked, as they love to say, 19 times by 19 different people, all of whom also hate Donald Trump. You know what makes me... It does make me giggle, though, Jared, is when people call up the show and they have to start it like really genuinely like oh they're yeah. just they're just calling to have a conversation and then it turns you know then it turns so sinister it's like dude it's okay you can disagree with me you can dislike donald trump you can think he lies all the time whatever that means you don't have to back it up with anything you can just say oh anonymous sources from the atlantic but i'm con i'm confused where this anger comes from cuz i can hear it seething from your side of the phone and it's just it's all okay you can hate trump you can hate me but you don't have to disguise it when you first call in. Like, I just have a question. Why does Donald Trump lie all the time? I love it, though. I do love it. And you know what? It gets the people going. It's provocative. Whenever callers like that weigh in, we get more callers who want to discuss. Speaking of, Dave, you're up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Grace. Speaking of lying, that guy's self-employed and he's better off. Liar! <laughs> I, right. But Dave, I can't prove it. Right. So I don't say okay. you're lying because I can't prove it. See, he says Trump's lying. He also can't prove it, but he'll say it anyway. That's the difference between me and what was the caller's name? Aiden. That's Aiden. the difference, Dave. Yeah, but he is. We can prove he's like nobody employed, self-employed, unemployed is better off right now economically or any other way 
unless you're, you know, super, super, super billionaire. So, yeah, he should look in the mirror because he is a, a liar. He's a liar. He is, Dave. Thank you for the call. 617 says, I just tuned in. That caller says Trump lies all the time. Can we play one of the many Biden lie compilations? See, here's the problem. We don't get those anymore when it comes to the fact checkers. Like when Trump would say, and this is what I mean. This is what I mean. Okay. Trump would say, I had the the biggest audience ever. And they're like, he lied. Okay. He lied about the size of an audience. I'll be real with you. If it's between that and a guy who is now in charge while two wars are breaking out, I'll take the guy who has a big ego and lies about the size of the audience. Honestly, Jared, if it means my 401k is going to do better and my groceries are going to cost less, if it makes Trump feel good to lie about the size of the audience, I'll be real with Aiden. I'll take that every day and twice on Sunday over Joe Biden. I really will. I say it all the time. I do not need my president to be a moral compass or a moral super leader for me. I need him to be an effective executor of the country and my interests. That's all I care about. As long as there's no, you know, he's not like mass murdering people. I have a problem with that. Well, like I said, like I don't need a kind grandfatherly whispery man who's a good family man. I do not care what happens. I don't care if Barry Bonds took steroids. I don't care about (laughs) any of this. See that then that we're going to end up talking about this in the green room. Barry Bonds. This is how it happens, Jared. This is how it happens. Why does Donald Trump hate cruise control? Brian, you're up last on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, Brian. Thank you, Grace. So. The caller who said that President Trump told a lie about a general, you know, I'd like to just focus in on the on the following. It's well known that President Trump is loved by the military. So if he was such a liar or said anything that was egregious, he wouldn't have the support that he has from virtually all branches of the military. Number two, as you pointed out, Grace, please tell me a politician. And I would say that Trump is the least of them that doesn't lie. Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, especially Bill Clinton, might be the biggest liar of all time, you know, except, of course, maybe for Joe Biden, but constantly in the Clinton administration, two days after he would give a speech, we want to clarify what what President Clinton meant. I mean, say what you mean. So I think this guy, as you pointed out, hates President Trump. Just come out and admit it if that's if he didn't tell tell that when he called initially right but and you know what else brian i'm looking at the chiron right now as fox says 92 attacks on u.s since october 7th again i think the military people if trump's gonna brag about something i don't think that's gonna bother them as much if they know they have a good leader i think right now with joe biden that's a bigger issue and what the caller said when he when he commented and said you know oh you miss it when trump says something stupid it's not so much that it doesn't he doesn't live rent free in my head And based off this weekend, I was more focused on things like the anti-Semitism on these college campuses. I was focused on uh, the economy. I was focused on all of these problems that are arising under the current president. Remember the guy who's currently in office? So it's not that I don't care if Trump says something that's not true. It's just I'm not obsessed with a speech he gave where he made a comment about a general. Like, that's not keeping me up at night. And I'm sorry it's keeping Aiden up at night, which it clearly is. But I just think because of Joe Biden, because of the current state of things, we have bigger fish to fry than if a general told Donald Trump he thought he did a good job on the debate stage with Hillary Clinton. That is not my number one priority right now. Things must Stop be- it. Get some help. Things must be going really well for Aiden's business if that's what he can focus on. Just just 
think that's worth pointing out. Um, you know, Jared, with all this stress in, the, in my day-to-day with these these callers like Aiden, you know what I like to do when I get home? I like to have a nice glass of wine, and I like to unwind with a delicious Omaha steak. This is, don't listen to what they're telling you at the COP28 summit in Dubai. You should be eating meat. It's delicious. And even if you're not a huge steak person, Omaha Steaks has everything. They've got chicken. They've got hamburgers. They've got the Jerry Diglio special, otherwise known as hot dogs, which you cannot get enough of. I cannot. I love their all-beef franks. They're the best hot dogs I've ever had. Uh, They go great with the burgers, which are also excellent. They also have air-chilled chicken breast, salmon. They have uh, even, I saw venison on the website. If you're into the venison, they have that. They have some holiday selections. And I I don't want to brag, but I was talking to a general the other day (laughs) the general told me that the bravest thing i have ever done is to order from omaha steaks and i i tend to agree with that general he had three stars he was pretty sharp okay well you know what i can't argue with that jared (laughs) i don't have an atlantic article that i can reference here so you must be telling the truth omaha steaks is a gift from the heart a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite and it really is it's a different gift you know a lot of people around this time of year they start doing the panic buy they buy stuff that someone doesn't necessarily need with omaha steaks this is a gift they're actually going to use and you're going to save them a trip to the grocery store they're going to be all stocked up on these cold winter nights it's the perfect gift Really good gift for young couples, too. If you know people who have small kids, this is a real good time saver for them, and it's really thoughtful. So visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of the 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code GRACE at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Do not forget code GRACE, or else I will be very mad at you. So minimum order may be required. Go to omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of the 50% off. Use promo code GRACE to get the extra $30 off. We'll be right back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Joining me now is Howie Carr. Howie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wanted to read you a quote here from Liz Cheney. You know she's been hawking this book of hers, which I'm sure is going to be a huge success. This was a quote she said recently. She said, I think that's why it's so important that the Republicans not be in the majority in 2025. And that's, again, for me to be sitting here saying that is a pretty stunning thing. Do you think it's stunning, Howie, that Liz Cheney has turned on Republicans? No. You know, it's it's amazing. I never thought anyone would lose a primary as bad as uh, Chester Atkins did in 1992 to Marty Meehan, also known as Andy Meehan. He, he beat uh, Chester by like 35 points. But, you know, he's in the dustbin of history now, Marty Meehan. You know, I mean, Liz Cheney lost that primary by 40 points. 40 points a primary election her fa- her father was the former congressman and the vice president for eight years i mean how unpopular do you have to be and now she want now she's being urged to run for president she's aren't we up all a, she's howie setting, aren't we she's all setting, she's setting up an exploratory committee she's on a listening tour her and Joe Manchin should go on it together. Hey, just a reminder to everyone, Howie's going to be talking a lot about what's going on at these Ivy League schools. His uh, column at the Boston Herald is still trending. Um, it's Harvard Poison Ivy. Everyone should check that out, Howie, because I'm sure today it's going to be a, a big topic again. 
Yes, I'm, I'm trying not to let it destroy my integrity of the and the in the in, uh, my faith in the integrity of Harvard University that she is now accused of plagiarism. She's joining a great crew: Mike Barnacle, Joe Biden. How he has more? How he has more examples of plagiarism? Don't go anywhere. I'll be back tomorrow, everybody. Tune into Howie Show coming up next. <laughs> 